is Making Stitches and this time knit and crochet designer Emma Munn, also known as Emma Nitty, shares her creative journey and the importance of the online craft community. I remember a time years ago where you'd say, oh, I've got loads of friends on the internet and everyone would look at you and think, oh, that's a bit sad, you know. But I think, I think if you're involved in a community like knitting and crochet or other crafts, you do form bonds with people because you, you share such an interest and you're pushed and pulled together in that way. And so I think for me, and I think everyone who's involved, you know, with, with knitting, crochet, etc., on social media can, can say that that is certainly the top three, one of the top three most important things for you in terms of motivation, creativity, inspiration from, from your friends, inspiration from other makers, making friends, support. It's a really, really wonderful resource that we have. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches podcast. I'm Lindsay and I'm so pleased you've been able to join me today for this, the penultimate episode of this series of Making Stitches. After our visit to the Yarn Whisperer's Yarn Dying HQ last time, we're sticking with yarn and this time hearing about the highs and lows of designing knit and crochet patterns with Emma Munn, aka Emma Nitty. Emma designs predominantly homewares and accessories and has had her patterns featured in a number of well-known craft publications, the first one being Molly Makes. Originally from the south of England, Emma and her family have moved around a bit and currently call Oviedo in the north of Spain their home. Like so many designers, Emma juggles her design work with another job. She works as an adult education teacher as well as juggling family life too. I hope you enjoy listening to our chat, which covers all sorts of topics, from the importance of the online craft community to the difficulties of running a solo craft business and her advice for anyone thinking of following her example. Here it is now. Emma, thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me for Making Stitches. It's lovely to speak to you all the way away in northern Spain. Yes, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's the first time I've done a podcast or talking properly about what I do. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, so can I take you back to the very beginning and uh, and your childhood? Were you always a crafty child? I was, I was definitely a creative child. I wasn't into sort of typical things like making stuff or clay or play-doh and things like that but I was always into drawing I was constantly drawing whatever I was doing I had to have paper notepads if I went to school with my well to work with my parents or if I was at school I was always drawing you know in my exercise book or on post-it notes and um it was definitely something I was completely I, I mean I planned to become an illustrator um, as a kid, I was like, I'm definitely going to be illustrating children's books and doing things like that. But then obviously the older you get, I turned into a teenager and I got more into music. Um, and even though I'm not a musical person, never have been, even though I tried to learn the clarinet when I was about 10 or 11, um, because my friend was learning it and I wanted to do it too. Um, I, I, was, I was getting into more different things, clothes and fashion and music and all of this. And then as time went on, I sort of thought, I'm not really doing anything creative anymore. I'm kind of missing it in a way. So around sort of the time we left England, actually, I, I started thinking, well, what can I do? And I was flicking through, it was a fashion magazine, like in style or Vogue, something like that. And I, it was around the time when knitting and crochet was getting really popular. 
particularly knitting actually and there were lots of <laughs> it sounds silly but there were lots of pictures of celebrities knitting you know between scenes in films and I thought oh that looks quite interesting um and I knew in the past that my great-grandmother she was really really into knitting she used to make her own socks and gloves and mittens and stuff for my grand boy for my great-grandfather and for my grandmother um but I didn't really think much about it I didn't think anything negative like oh it's for grannies or whatever but then I thought one day well, I'm going to give it a go something made me think I'm going to try that and I was at the beginning I thought this is awful I really am not enjoy enjoying this process I didn't understand anything. I didn't realize, you know, that certain weights or thicknesses of yarn go with certain needles or hooks. So I was making some shocking disasters, just awful. We've all been there. I think we can all relate oh, yes. to that. Absolutely. Just terrible. <laughs> I wish I'd kept some of my first swatches, you know, because I'd love to see them now. And then something clicked. I just took some time away, about a month away from it, and I came back and I just found myself doing it. I thought, wow, this is brilliant and relaxing which is a bonus so that's how it started that's basically how it, how everything started for me wonderful so what how did you actually learn with did you use youtube videos or did somebody sit down and teach you how to do it uh, my mum so my mum tried to teach me um and i got really frustrated and i was asking lots of questions i thought why but why isn't it working um so she kind of gave up and i gave up and then youtube I would say YouTube taught me really. Um, a shout out to Sarah Jane, Bella Coco, crochet. She was the person who taught me how to crochet. Um, and knitting, um, there was a YouTuber who I still follow called Very Pink Knits. She's based in, in the US. And that was how I learned. I would say definitely from YouTube. I also got some kind of knitting encyclopedias, knitting books, how to knit books, which really helped. Knitting for dummies, which I've still got upstairs completely destroyed again, very sort of dog-eared pages. Um, and that taught me the basics. And, and then again, getting more advanced, I watched more advanced YouTube videos. So I think without the internet, to be honest, I wouldn't have continued on with it. So it's, it's such a useful resource, isn't it, for people now in every single way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, your, your business, which uh, we'll get onto later, is, is based on the internet, isn't it? And it totally, yeah. I guess, I mean, having lived overseas myself, I know how important the community that you form online with other people who have similar interests to you are so important. How How's that affected you? It's extremely you? important. I, th I think it's possibly, it sounds strange to say this, but it's the most important thing because the support that you get from your people, you know, your friends i remember a time years ago where you'd say oh i've got loads of friends on the internet and everyone would look at you and think oh that's a bit sad you know but i think i think if you're involved in a community like knitting and crochet or other crafts you you do form bonds with people because you you share such an interest and you're pushed and pulled together in that way um and so i think for me and i think everyone who's involved you know, with, with knitting, crochet, et cetera, on social media can can say that that is certainly the top three, one of the top three most important things for you in terms of motivation, creativity, inspiration from, from your friends, inspiration from other makers, making friends, support. Um, it's a really, really wonderful resource that we have. Obviously, there's like everything, positives and negatives. There are negative things that come along with it. You panic a lot about 
followers and likes and am I getting engagement and you start worrying about silly things like that but in, in terms of making friends and a supportive environment it's very very important I would say absolutely because uh, I mean even not not necessarily living far away from your immediate family and friends just not everybody likes the same things as you anyway so I mean I, I can count on literally one finger the number of close friends I've got who actually have ever picked up a crochet hook and shown any interest so exactly. yeah, that's <laughs> it, it doesn't matter where you're living you know the chances are that not everybody's going to be uh, feeling the same way about whatever your particular craft of choice is anyway no totally and and this is it I mean exactly what you said you kind of connect with people that you wouldn't have met if if I was still based in in England I wouldn't have met these well okay if things had been the same as now I would have met these people probably by now but yeah it, it does keep keep you in touch with I mean most of my followers are from the UK it's just the way it's developed um I've got followers all over the world and a lot in Spain as well but yes it's I'm kind of connected to my country in that way through the community which I think is really nice I, I'm not far away from the UK at all it's only a couple of hours on, on a plane but but yes it's, it's it's really nice it's a really important thing definitely lovely now I took you off on a tangent then you were telling me about your creativity and how you how it all got started <laughs> but at, at what point did then things transpire from you you, you actually you learn how to knit and uh, and crochet at what point then did it move on to the next level other than just a hobby and, and something that you wanted to take a bit more seriously I'm, I'm gonna say to be honest with you almost instantly because I I it's funny I, I've never been someone who buys other people's patterns because I've always wanted to do it myself um if I see something in a shop I think I'm going to make that. I'm, I'm going to make it my own. I'm not going to copy it, but I'm going to make it myself and do something different with it. So from the first moment I started knitting and crocheting, I was completely obsessed with wanting to make something unique and different. So straight after learning the basics, I learned the I learned how to write patterns. So I got lots of books, literally how to write patterns, um, and studied and studied and studied them because I really wanted to get into that direction and I thought if if it's possible to make money from this to make it into a job and, and and to make it into something that I can have as a career or if not a full career part of my my job that's a great thing so I really really enjoyed it and I've always said I used to be terrible at maths terrible at maths but since writing patterns and learning how to write everything I've it's improved dramatically I don't know if, if you were ever in this situation but having to you know, grade things and work out measurements and multiplication and, and things like that. It's It's been a really sort of rounded experience. So yeah, almost instantly, I would say, learning how to write patterns was the objective from from the word go. Wow. Yeah, it's funny you should say that, actually. Yes, multiplication was never my strong suit. I, I, I dropped maths as, <laughs> as soon as I was allowed to. <laughs> but it's, and I can remember the teachers saying, yes, but you'll use it in real life. And it's like, well, no, I don't think I need to know about a hypotenuse or whatever. But yeah. suddenly some things actually do make sense when you're trying to write down patterns and you see as as the rows are going and you're having to you know add increase and and the, you can see the patterns can't you beginning to form yeah, you can it's... and I don't know if you feel the same but it's really satisfying when you actually you you realize that everything adds up properly you think oh, wow it works yes <laughs> thank goodness oh, I don't have to go back to the beginning and work it all out again so absolutely really good yeah <laughs> 
nice feeling. Nice feeling. <laughs> so for people who don't know you and don't know your work, what, what I mean, your, your Instagram is and your Etsy shop, it's lovely. You, you seem to have a palette of really lovely kind of pastel colours, but, but to somebody who doesn't know your work, what, what is it you actually create? So I primarily make things for the home and accessories. So I love making blankets. Um, I really love making things like baskets, um, storage things, cushion covers. Um, at the moment, I can't stop making bags. Um, <laughs> it's very, very trendy now, the whole cro crocheted bag thing and handmade bags. But I've I've actually had to stop myself making them because it's becoming too much now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I tend to stick to the same kind of palettes, whites and beiges with mustards and bright pinks and things like that. Uh, but primarily things for the home. Um, I do make occasionally baby clothes, jumpers, sweaters, hats, accessories, things like that. Um, but I would, yeah, definitely say it's more kind of interiors direction yeah is there, um, rugs is, as well I love making rugs that's a massive massive uh, thing for me is there a particular reason why you've not gone into garments for adults and, and older children absolutely back to the maths again with the grading um, <laughs> I think everyone who's been asked that will probably say the same thing I would love to do it it's been um, something that's been at the back of my mind for many many years honestly uh but i'm terrified of grading absolutely terrified of grading and i would want of course my my garments to be completely inclusive from the teeny tiny ends to plus sizes as well and i i don't know maybe in the future uh it will happen but at the moment yeah no for me and also there's lots of other people who do it so fantastically well you know um there's so much selection um some really wonderful knit and crochet garment designers so when i feel confident enough i might uh, go go there but that's been the main thing that's put me off so far we'll see yeah it does, we'll does see look my a bit scary yes <laughs> maybe i can try it <laughs> i'll keep you posted <laughs> i look forward to that <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens now i know that your work has been picked up by by various publications what, what's it like having your uh having your work spotted and being invited to to design for a particular magazine that's a really good question um i was quite fortunate to have my one of my first proper patterns featured in molly makes um well there's a, i say that just i designed something especially for molly makes um which as if people don't know it's it's a one of the most important craft magazines um in the uk um and that was really a couple of years into really concentrating on my instagram and making sure that my work was out there and it was an absolute shock because i I didn't think it would happen. Um, so I got contacted and um, I very, very, it was like a kind of, what would you say, like a baptism of fire? Because I had literally a week to come up with a design, make a design in three sizes uh, of something I had never made before. It was a pair of knitted mittens. And so I think I lost about 10 years of my life, quite honestly, that... <laughs> Um, wow. But I did it. I did it and everything at the tutorial um, and seeing. So the question to answer your question, yes, seeing that published physically in a magazine, you can actually hold and see the pictures and you think, oh, 
I made that. So I shared it everywhere on Facebook. My husband shared it everywhere. I was so happy. And I think that gave me a lot of um, uh, sort of um, motivation. Um, and I've had, yeah, I've had some interviews in magazines as well, which is which is lovely. And then doing work for, I did a lot of work for Derrimores. They closed recently. Very, very sadly, they closed. Um, Hooked as well. I work with them, Hobby as well, very frequently. So whether it's seeing your work published in a magazine or seeing it published online, it's it's definitely a really great feeling and it makes you feel like you're doing something right. Because I think everyone has those periods of self-doubt and creative block. And what I do is that happens quite a lot. So I just look in magazines that I've had my work published in and think, see, you did that, you did that and you managed that. So you can do it again, you know? So, so it's, it's, it's a very, very nice feeling, quite surreal sometimes as well. Yes. Oh, how amazing. Gosh, imagine the people who picked up that magazine that Molly makes and saw your mittens in there and <laughs> have no idea the blood, sweat and tears no. probably that went into getting that pattern in the magazine. That's incredible. Honestly, I, I was thinking of writing something on my blog about it because it was such, it was, I remember one night I didn't, honestly, Lindsay, I didn't go to bed. I, I was up all night. I was doing the maths over and over again, maths again. I was looking at, oh my goodness, is it okay? Is it good enough? And yes, it was in the end. So it was worth it. It was worth the sleepless nights. Wonderful. Oh, fabulous. So then did you see um, an increase in sales then as a direct relation, you know, a direct impact of actually being printed? I did. Um, Sales, uh, followers as well. Mm. Um, Lots and lots of people sending messages saying oh I saw your mittens in Molly makes oh my god Molly makes well done Why me Molly makes it's like a big thing then yeah. I was like yes I know um for like <laughs> an imposter I know it's bizarre but I, I got I got it in there um yeah definitely I think most people who've had things published will, will agree that you do find yourself with a huge upswing in terms of engagement and uh um uh, followers and likes and, and and people contacting you and discovering your work it's 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 definitely a, a great thing all round you know it's you have to get paid for what you do which is brilliant it's work at the end of the day we all know that but as well as that you you get that publicity it's it's a definite bonus to get that publicity as well yeah i can well imagine now now looking at your blog recently you've, you've made no secret of the fact that uh, having a small business is it's not all, you know, sweetness and light, is it? There's a there's quite no. an awful lot of hard work that goes in, and and people have certain expectations. Um, how do you how do you keep going? You know, when you're having difficult times. Oh, again, excellent question. Um, I have to say, it's it's difficult because it, I'm part time part time. I'm a teacher. I work in adult education, and then part time I do see the creative stuff, the knitting and the crochet um it's very very hard um without getting political (laughs) since the brexit as well sending prop sort of products used to be the thing i had as my main target so things like ready-made stuff or samples um but it's very very difficult now to, to to send things um abroad to the uk because postage and packaging is very high and also customs fees as well um i don't want to get too deep into that because everyone has their own opinion but that's been difficult um because most of my sort of clientele are based over in the uk 
Um, in terms of balancing everything, it, it is hard and, and we do have ups and downs. I mean, now at the moment, it's a bit of a down because not many people have money to spend on things like patterns and handmade things. And that is obviously uh, understandable. Um, but you've just got to carry on. And, and one thing I noticed is I do, like I mentioned before, I get a lot of creative blocking. I think oh, I, can't, I can't think of anything to make or I, I don't feel like crocheting today. And you think, oh, but I've got to make something. If I don't, I'm going to lose interest in it or people are going to lose interest in me or I haven't made anything for a while. And I think you need to take a step back. You need to accept that when you have a small business, there are going to be good days and bad days. The same way, you know, if you work in an office, you're going to go to work one day and have a terrible day. The next day is going to be better. And it's no difference if you have a small business or not. The, the only difference is it's just you doing it. So you take on everything. You take on the photography, the making of the stuff, the actual social media marketing side of it. So it is it is overwhelming, but you need to put yourself first. If you're getting, you're getting overwhelmed, accept that it's a bad day and then just try again, you know, and, 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 and see how, how it goes. Absolutely, because nobody else is sitting in the office behind you, judging you right. on what you have and haven't achieved in that particular day. It's only you who right. knows. You give yourself an appraisal. <laughs> Today you did a bad job must do better tomorrow this is unacceptable yeah. so it's difficult and, and i like being honest about it i think it it's it's changing things are changing now people are being more honest about um things like you know working for yourself um but that was the main reason why i wrote that blog entry was because it was around a time where everyone was saying oh everything's amazing and they were doing really well and sort of the, the showing the perfect side of it um and i, I think you need to be honest and authentic about yeah okay it's great it is good but this also happens this is also what you have to deal with you know working for yourself has its positives and again it's it's negatives too you need to entertain both things absolutely so how do you find that you manage to balance the two areas of your professional life then with with your teaching and with your crochet because i i struggle to be honest, to, to juggle all the different things that I try and do. Um, and I'm just interested to hear how, how other people manage it. Um, I'm one of those typical people who, oh, it depends on my workload during the day because that fluctuates. Um, but I tend to do a lot of my uh, pattern writing and, and crocheting and knitting at night. So once my daughter's gone to bed um, in front of the TV, for example, although, again, it depends depends on the time of year. If I'm really tired, I, I'd rather not do it and be more refreshed and find time the next day to do it and concentrate properly. Um, but yeah, I just find moments during the day, whether it's, you know, 45 minutes, I can think, oh, I'm just going to sit down and see if I can work something out or work on something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is hard to, to find that balance. There are some situations where I've got 10 minutes between the class and I'm quickly, quickly scrib scribbling something down or you have to grab the time when, where, where you can, you know, and also as well, you've got housework to do and children and, and all of these other things as well as day jobs as they call them too. Indeed. So, yeah, but I think it's important every day, you know, you need to dedicate some time to, to, to what you do. If it's a creative thing that you enjoy, whether it's a small business, if it's for, for work, or if it's just a hobby, it's it's good to switch off and take that time to do it. 
Absolutely, because that creativity is so beneficial to you, isn't it? I know uh, I know. when I'm particularly grumpy at home, people point out to me the <laughs> fact that they haven't seen me with a crochet hook for a while and maybe that I should do really? that. Yes. That's yeah. so fascinating. <laughs> I'm and very predictable. You, you, you just sort of decompress. Absolutely. When you start, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, there are certain patterns and th certain projects that you're doing that you have to be completely keyed into and you need to concentrate. But if it's something simple like a, a blanket with just very straightforward, you know, granny clusters or something that you do, yeah. you know, or on autopilot, really, I find that's just incredible because, you know, a couple of rows of that and, I've, you know, it's wonderful. Does the trick. There's something about granny, like granny squares and granny clusters as well, that it's just so repetitive. Yeah. You, you do it and you do switch off, and it's sort of brainless. You know that kind of sort yeah. of uh, mindful crocheting that's really really nice to do when you don't want to concentrate on something super detailed. You can sit down and do that. It's, exactly. It's and it just kind of washes over you, doesn't it? And yeah, it's it does. it's magic. It really is <laughs> magic. It's therapy. <laughs> So, uh, Emma, what kind of things have you got on the horizon then for yourself and for your business? Well, um, I would like to go in a slightly different direction with what I'm, I've been doing than what I've been doing. Um, I've always been interested in the idea of making toys, um, um, but oversized toys. I had this idea the other day because everyone does, well, not everyone, but the most popular kind of crochet or knitted items are called, especially crochet, they have the amigurumi, the little little tiny you know mini crochet squares as you know um i had an idea the other day for upscaled so very very big squishy um unusual looking kind of not monsters but like sweet kind of rounded toys mainly inspired by my daughter because she's very very into the kind of japanese um they call kawaii like sweet rounded creatures and i thought i might have a go at knitting some of them mm. or crochet them so definitely the toy direction and um, cuddly toy direction um but really more than anything just carrying on with what i'm what i've already been doing because it seems to be working um and i'm just really enjoying it um just being part of the community and, and getting my work out there and people discovering my account and saying nice things uh, about it it's, it's a really good motivation <laughs> um and writing more I'd like to start writing more on my blog um that was something I did sort of around um the pandemic time I was writing quite a lot things connected to crafting but also things connected to parent connected to parenting as well which went down very well and it's a lot of fun so yeah writing trying a different direction and just carry on with what I'm doing really nothing huge but uh just carry on yeah Wonderful. as long as I <laughs> <laughs> and as long as it brings you joy that's the most important yeah, thing that's that's a really important thing I think the moment it stops being fun then that'll be the time to maybe put down the hooks and the needles but for now it's it's going well Oh, that's wonderful. Do you have any advice for anyone who might be thinking of following in your footsteps and uh, and putting themselves out there too? Yeah, um, I was thinking about this earlier, actually. I think the most important thing is to be authentic and to be yourself. Don't copy other people. Um, of course, take inspiration from people. We, we all do that. Um, but find your area, find what you like, find um the things that you enjoy making above all because I think some people think oh that you have to do this certain thing because that's what gets you likes you know you have to 
focus on pastel blankets or granny square blankets because they go down very well on Instagram, um, for example. We all know that. Um, but no, find something you enjoy doing. Um, make your work unique. Find your own colour scheme. That's really important. Um, finding a colour scheme that's, that people associate with you. Um, something quite nice that people tell me quite regularly is, oh, I knew that was yours because it's got your colours that popped up and I didn't see your username I was like oh that's Emma's and I thought wow that's brilliant you know wow getting getting your sort of palette your identity being yourself I'm not saying you have to sort of share everything overshare no but definitely don't be afraid of being authentic me that's the number one I think Mm -hmm. at the beginning I thought oh if I share this or if I talk about this it might put people off or people might unfollow me or think oh I'm not following you for this um, but yeah, that would be my, my advice. So yeah, definitely don't copy, don't copy anyone because people know and people will find out <laughs> and people will say, Oh, so yeah. And, and talk to people as well. Try and make friends. Don't just be there on your own. Like make that first move to get involved in the community. Cause it is very friendly. We're a nice bunch of people to talk to and you'll have a lot of fun you really will share everything set up a little instagram and share things and and you'll find your place so that would be my advice that's wonderful advice emma and thank you so much for your time it's been lovely to speak to you and and hear about your journey you too thank you lindsay it's been it's been wonderful thank you so much for having me on My thanks to Emma for speaking to me for making stitches. I don't know how she fits it all in. She's a real inspiration. You can find all of Emma's links in the show notes for this episode. And my thanks to you too for listening. If you weren't tuning in each time, there'd be no reason for me to continue. And welcome to any new listeners who've joined the Making Stitches community recently. It's lovely to have you along for the ride. Since the last episode, Making Stitches made it into the Apple podcast charts in Japan for the first time, which is a real thrill. If you've enjoyed listening, please do share the episode with your friends. And if you haven't yet subscribed to or followed Making Stitches on your favourite podcast app, please do that. And then you won't miss the next episode when it comes out. While you're there, if you'd consider leaving a review as well, that'd be wonderful because it'll help other people find the podcast in future. Another way of keeping up to date with Making Stitches is subscribing to the Making Stitches online newsletter. You can find a link to do that in the show notes. This podcast is supported by the Making Stitches shop on Etsy. It sells podcast merchandise and amigurumi crochet patterns. The link to that is also in the show notes. That's all for me this time. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with the final episode from this current series of Making Stitches, and I'll have another inspiring maker story for you. Until then, thanks again for listening. Stay safe and enjoy your crafting.